Honey Hush is a podcast by a Southern businesswoman who knows a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees. Every week, Elizabeth will discuss up-and-coming and established leaders alike how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you're a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush will teach you that the sweeter the honey, the more bees you'll attract. Community is always more fun than competition. Okay, guys, I'm going to be completely honest. At this moment, on day 24 of this 30 days of podcasting every day, I'm recording this at 7.30 p.m. on day 24. It is just, I was going to lunch with somebody today, and I said, whoo, these got caught up on me real quick. And um, so we still have, you know, six more episodes to go after this one. And I'm feeling really great. I'm you know, feeling really motivated. But here we are on day 24. I'm not giving up now. And I've got a just really good topic that I know is going to apply to everybody. It's just at what level and at one place. So um, I had these three friends who are grieving the sudden loss of one of their dear friends. I knew the friend too, but not quite like these girls. They, this group, um, this four of them, they orchestrated big plans together. They traveled together. They believe for big things together. And life can be really tricky and unexpected sometimes. Um, they, like I said, it, it was a very sudden death of someone that if you were to line up a bunch of people and say, you know, one of y'all is going to die, it was not this girl. And so it's unexpected and grieving. It, grieving is, is tricky too. And my friend Amy said it best when she was explaining everything. She said, you know, the grief just sneaks up on me out of nowhere. And apparently this friend that passed away had a thing for butterflies. So much so that she recently had gotten a tattoo of a butterfly uh, significing the rebirth of a new beginning into the second phase or the second season of her life. And oddly enough, the exact same day that I learned about her tattoo was the day that my friend had sent me that quote about butterflies that was on yesterday's episode. So there's no way this whole conversation is a coincidence. I was already coming up on here for day 24 to be about the grief journey. So that tells me that both episode topics are very significant and they're reaching the right ears at the right time. And the reason I want to mention grief during this 30-day episode marathon is because I have a dear friend who just published a 30-day devotion on processing grief. So let me give you just a little bit of backstory on my friend and why she is qualified to come alongside of you on this subject with this 30-day devotion. So I had met Rachel, my friend Rachel and her husband Blair, when he was stationed at Columbus Air Force Base in Columbus, Mississippi. My husband and I had just moved to Columbus as well for my husband's banking job. And so as new moms, Rachel and I met together at MOPS. It's mothers of preschoolers. It's like where moms get together once a week, the kids play, the moms get um, encouraged. And so Rachel and I met each other there. We were new moms who just needed friends in this new town we both found ourselves in. Our families became really fast friends. Our husbands were friends. Our boys were the same age. We got along. We had similar past careers. And we felt very secure in establishing these friendship roots in this town with each other because 
Blair had just signed a 12-year agreement with the Air Force Base um, to do something specific. And my husband had come into the bank for a very much needed, at that location, leadership position. But our true security, honestly, came from the fact that, oh, nothing will ever happen to Rachel and Blair because God would never allow harm to strike them again. Because, see, a few years prior, Rachel's first husband, Todd, died of a sudden aneurysm. Very healthy, young man, absolutely not on anybody's list to suddenly pass away. It was Blair's childhood friend as well. So through them grieving Todd together, Rachel and Blair found each other, they found healing, and they decided to get married and quickly had two children. Fast forward and tragedy does strike again. Blair is training another young Air Force pilot, and the plane that they were in malfunctioned, causing both Blair and the trainee to eject at too low of an altitude, leading to immediate death. Rachel was barely even 30 years old and become widowed twice without being married to either of her husbands for, I don't even think, four years Up until that point in my life, so these little boys that we had together are now, um, her boy isn't quite 19. Mine's going to turn 19 in, well, later this month. So they were like three years old. So we're talking 16 years ago this happened. And up until that point in my life, I had never hurt or grieved at that depth. And honestly, you guys, just right now, even talking about it is very raw because innocently we would say things like oh Blair could jump off the side of a mountain and God would save him because God would never do that again to Rachel to have that ignorant theory completely shattered to attend that funeral that funeral and to watch my beautiful friend do the best that she could completely ill-equipped to raise those two children without their dad Nobody's ready for that. Nobody's equipped for that. That was a heartbreak that I had never felt before. It took my emotions to a dark place of questioning lots of things. Have you ever found yourself in a similar situation before? Maybe it's not the death of a friend. Maybe it's not the death of a husband. But it's still something happened and it took you to a dark emotional place where you're questioning lots of things. So about a year later, after the death, Rachel and I happened to just, we were just sitting through, talking through some of our emotions. We're talking through some of this. And she took me down a thought process that she had taken herself down, but she and I were kind of walking through it. And it's something that I will never forget. It it marked me and I've used it when trying to um, maybe mentor or console or encourage or just be there for somebody else. And I think a lot of us can relate to one of these three categories. She said, there's a grief that you feel of losing physical contact with someone that's still alive. So you lose the physical contact with somebody or a situation, but that situation still, or that person is still alive. Something like a divorce, a friend moving, a family member goes goes estranged. Then there is the grief that you feel 
when something or someone literally does die. Like it's gone. They literally are no longer on this earth available at any capacity. And then there's a grief that you feel when the person is still physically around, but emotionally absent. Like a marriage that has lost its spark, a drug addicted child, or a parent who's disconnected, or y'all don't see eye to eye. Grief is tricky, I tell you. There's no form of grief that's easier or better. Although Rachel will tell you that death, at least, does close the opportunity in your mind, whereas the other two have a haunting of a hope that kind of lingers. I don't know about you, but I was never taught as a child how to grieve or how to properly process my emotions. I did not even see a professional therapist or get any sort of real somebody coming alongside me to counsel me or mentor me or anything properly until I had a situation happen in college that required intervention, professional intervention. But even then, the focus was not on processing the deep wound that still bubbled under the surface of my knee-jerk reaction. It was all just surface, immediate type fixes. And even as recent as a year ago, my current therapist suggested that I take an uh, an intentional set-aside time to mourn and actually lament those, you know, grieving, mourning, lamenting, they're all different, um, some justified areas of disappointment in my life. And I did, I, I loved that suggestion, and I most certainly followed those promptings, but I would say that for probably most of my life experience with grief, I was told something cliche like, time heals all wounds, or give it time, it will get better. When in, you know, Actually, all time does is it puts distance between the event that happened or the event that didn't happen, that should have happened, whatever, and whatever day you're on currently. Just puts distance. What actually helps is the work you do during that time. That's what heals the wound and gets you on the other side of your grief journey. So what I'm going to suggest is my friend Rachel's 30-day devotion. As part of that work, so many of us need to do. The back of the book says, Hope and healing from a profound loss is possible by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Our God is a good Father, and at the mention of His name, everything changes. I don't know about you, but I need some things to change that are very much rooted in grief that I'm not processing very well even now currently. The book is compiled of many people's stories, other widows, prayer warriors, and professional counselors. There are prayers and reflections, journal prompts, and scripture to back up these truths. The name of the devotion book is His Name, because His name is wonderful, and in His name you can find hope and inspiration to become equipped, empowered, and healed. My copy of the book arrived earlier this week, and I'm going to begin the journey of healing on February 1st. If anyone wants to join me, order the book, His Name, by Rachel Faulkner Brown, and send me a DM at EBC underscore consulting. I want to know if you're joining me. I want to know that we're doing this together so that we can be an encouragement to each other while we figure out this thing called grief. 
I'm believing for miraculous things. Not from the book itself, of course, but from the promptings in the book towards the God who does the healing.